0: Welcome to the Becoming Titans podcast. I'm Russ Yeager, founder and CEO of Body Transformation University. I help busy business owners and executives get a beach-ready body without killing themselves in the gym hours every day, giving up the foods they love, or taking away time from their family or business. I believe putting your health first is the most important thing you can do to propel your business and financial success, ignite passion in your relationships, and to live a happier, more fulfilled life. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing inspirational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go.
1: I am so excited today. You guys know that besides health and fitness, or maybe just as much, one of my favorite topics is real estate. So I have Rogers Healy With me today, Roger's been in real estate since 2001, and in 2006, he launched Roger Healy and Associates Real Estate. They are out of Dallas, Texas, one of Inc. 5000's fastest growing companies in the U.S., one of the best places to work in Dallas. Roger's appeared on TV for Fox, Fox News, Fox Business News, CNBC, and MSNBC. He is a true expert. He's got more awards than I have time to list. So let's just get right into it. Rogers, welcome to the show, brother.
2: Thank you for having me. Thanks for the the, uh, intro. Appreciate it.
1: So, you know, people know, you know, there's a lot of different kind of real estate, you know, so maybe briefly say, you know, what type of real estate, you know, your firm, you know, specializes in, but then, you know, what I really want to hear is like, why do you do this? Why real estate? Um, You know, what's your story, man?
2: Sure. Uh, so the short answer, we do all real estate, uh, residential, commercial, farm and ranch, lake houses, rural, whatever it is. And we do it all over the world, which um, makes it kind of hard to really describe what we do. But my background was residential uh, sales and leasing and DFW. And uh, that's kind of the backbone of our company. And we've got you know agents that do literally everything. But um, short answer is real estate all over. And kind of my journey into real estate is a relatively unique one in the fact that there's not a whole lot of glamour. I grew up a perpetual failure. And even um, with the real estate exam in itself, I took the real estate exam more than anybody in the history of the state of Texas, which was quite a humbling experience, but um, found through real estate that it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And um, found joy through giving people the gift of confidence. And something I never had until real estate. And so uh, historically biblically it's the oldest sales job in the history of the world but we do it with you know a, a twist and we do it with people that are, are caring and uh, no drama and that hopefully always grind and uh, because of that we've been able to build something pretty special that also uh, competes uh, as far as revenue is concerned so to go and have something that intersects between culture and collaboration and success is truly uh, remarkable and it's you know it, it's been a fun journey
1: that's awesome. So you, so you mentioned, you know, culture and, and people. So how, how important do you think culture is to an organization?
2: I think culture is crucial. And it's always been the, you know, the one thing or one of the things that I've obsessed over. And, you know, as I've gotten older and the stuff that I never wanted when I was in my 20s or my 30s, being a business owner, like a corporate environment and all that, like I actually want it now because I'm married and having my first child with my wife and just other stuff is way more important, which, again, it's not something I ever thought would be uh, something I would say, but culture is crucial. And I think especially whether it's fitness, whether it's real estate, whether you're, you know, selling ceiling fans, you need to have a place that is your home base. And I think whether it's a literal home base at our office or a Zoom or just even, you know, social media, knowing that you can go and have something that is way more important in common than just a deal uh, gives people a sense of community. And I think, that to me is, is a rarity, especially in a business like real estate where people are trying to take each other out at the knees. And here we really lift them up. And I think that's, that's probably the coolest accomplishment behind closed doors that we've done is that people here are supportive and it's genuine. And I think to have that uh, in real estate sales is, is a unique thing.
1: I think it's unique too. Hey, congrats on uh, your wife uh, being pregnant. I have three little ones myself and I I could say hardest job ever, most rewarding job ever. The, that in my Crew,
2: I I cannot wait. Super excited.
1: Good for you, man. When's she due?
2: Uh, May 28th. We're having a girl and um, yeah, it's just uh, every day we have this app on our phone that like tells you the countdown and the It's an avocado. Our daughter is the size of an avocado this morning. And so, um, just, it's, it's a it's a fun obsession and it's been a priority maker uh, pretty quickly.
1: That's exciting, bro. And, and I know for me, when I, you know, I thought I was serious about business, you know, before I had kids and, and when you have kids yeah. and, you know, three mouths to feed and you want to be a good example, man, it just, it took it to a whole nother level for me. So so I agree with you on the culture, man. It's absolutely critical. Um, yeah. So how do you find and retain great people? And, and let's just say, you know, in, in today's market, there's a lot of talk about you know unemployment and people not wanting to work and quitting their jobs you know what can you give some specific strategies of how you you know find the people you know make make them you know fit into your culture and then you know retain them uh in this in this market
2: it's hard but it's not impossible And, and, and i do think that for me the thing that i always want to be consistent with is my approach and i and i you know, I've had, I've gotten trained on how to lead millennials and how to lead Gen Xers and how to lead baby boomers and stuff. And I think that when you have like 50 different languages going on in your head at once, you really don't speak anything fluently. And so for me, I've just really committed to being myself and knowing that the law of attraction rings true, but you know, there is stuff that you can't anticipate. And I remember earlier on in the year, I was reading the newspaper. And they coined this generation, the great resignation. And I was like, that's great. And then all of a sudden I was like, I started to experience it. And, and realtors, you know, they're, it's a commodity and it's always bigger, better deal with some of them. And that's just part of it. But really did we have turnover with staff and this year, um, you know, we got bigger, better deal, whether it was another real estate company or moving to a different city or, you know, feeling your wild oats, whatever it is. And you know, it, it just made me kind of take a step back and, and run the business versus be everybody's best friend. And I think through that, I honed in on my leadership skills, which, you know, took away a little bit of the joy, but it also gave us the ability to go, um, go and grow. And so I, I do think it's hard to find talent, but, you know, I think finding people that have potential on a staff position that know the company are more valuable than that are already well-trained in the position that don't know the company. And so this was also the first time uh, this year that I hired from within, which I never would do. I never would go and essentially bring a realtor that was failing into a staff position because I was just kind of frustrated with them. But then it goes back to our first thing we said is some people literally aren't meant to be in sales. And I don't care what anyone says; It's a true statement. You literally should not be in sales. And so um, we, have done some pivoting and that's been, um, you know, it's been rewarding. It's been exhausting, but again, even some of those people, they might come and go. And I think through that, you have to just stay true to the stuff that is, you know, that's most important. And that to me is just, is, is keeping the focus in line and being a boutique brokerage and going up against Goliath every day and knowing that we're, we're winning and the right people appreciate that. And it, it you know, it's, it, but it's tough. Uh, it, it's really, really tough. And I think especially residential real estate, there's just significant turnover and there's a shiny new toy every day that comes to market. And the people that aren't working out at Russ's gym aren't and they join Roger's gym and they don't work out, they're still not going to get in shape. And so you have to just focus on the ones that show up and actually want to contribute. And then they kind of metastasize into other ones just just like them.
1: So true, man. And it's, you know, it's, I think it's what the reality is the reality of, you know, what's going on in in the economy. And then there's what you're focusing on and what you're promoting. You know, one of my mentors, what are you promoting? You're promoting about how hard, you know, the economy is and the competition, everybody's quitting. Well, who wants to, who's inspired to go work for that person? Are you promoting? For me, I found out I need to be crystal clear on what my vision is, where I'm taking my company. And you said it, the right people, and in my opinion, are going to get excited about that. And I, I have, you know, some on my team. I mean, we're like, this, you know, climbing the, the freaking mountain. And in yeah. my opinion, the right people are the people who are in alignment, you know, with your vision. I've had people leave, you know, as well, but they, they should have left, um, you know, yeah. because like you said, it wasn't the right fit.
2: No, it, it stings, though. You know, I think it's you still have to be human. And, you know, the stuff that upset me or made me sad or frustrated 15 years ago, I would love that to be what I deal with now. But, Again, it's all relative. At the end of the day now, I literally have a wife and a, a child on the way to where none of this matters. And I mean that, you know, in a caring tone, but it's just instant perspective where I don't have the luxury to go and go home and stress about what happened during work, where I have something to take care of that is a legacy versus work. But it, it took me a long time to get to that place.
1: Would you get? Would you give your whole business up if you had to for your family?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I hope you guys are hearing that. It's a, it's an instant yes for me too. And, and so many people see, you know, successful business guys like yourself driven, you're working you know, long hours, you know, this is your passion, this is your mission, but in, in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, it, perspective, uh, you know, family, I, I think I heard you say something earlier. You might agree with me, faith, you know, family, you know, health and business is the order, you know, that I put yeah. things in. And, and the cool yeah. thing I found is when you put it in that order, the business, uh, you know, kind of takes care of itself.
2: Yeah, I agree. And again, it's, whether it was a blessing or a curse, I didn't get married till I was 40. And so work was my wife, it was my child, it was my hobby, it was my obsession. And you know, the first 10 or 15 years, you're always in grind mode because you have to. And then hopefully you reach a point where you can at least breathe. But when you don't have someone to go home to and share life with, you just keep working. And so, you know, I think whether it's a distraction or not, just the fact that I have stuff that literally is more important than this is a relief. And I think it does make me a a, a more real leader because I'm I'm practicing what I'm preaching now, even more so because being intentional and being successful are really, really hard things to master at the same time. And when there's a lot of money to make in a city like Dallas or Atlanta, where it is all about, you know, the nicer car, the nicer house. And, you know, whatever, how to un- one up the other person. You have to just take a step back and be like, look, when I'm, when I'm 99 years old, I'm going to heaven. It doesn't matter, you know, when I got on, it, does, it matters where I'm going and who I'm going with. And that's something I still have to check myself with because I get sucked in and it doesn't do any good.
1: I love that, dude. That's beautiful, man. So yeah. I want to ask you this question. I had the opportunity to be on uh, John Lee Dumas' Entrepreneurs on Fire. And his first question he asked me, was what's something you believe about success that goes against what everybody else says. So I want to ask you that, that question, Rogers.
2: Yeah. Uh, My initial reaction would be not everybody has the potential to be successful as painful as that is to say, or to digest or to hear. And this is not one of those things where I'm going to prove you wrong. Like it's a relative term. And I think that there is such thing as a square peg and a round hole. And in a business like real estate or fitness, like there's a reason that I have on long sleeves is that I don't have bulging veins like you, because I can't go to the gym and bulk up. I'm built like a swimmer. And I have to embrace that. And I think that people can't really come to grips with that. And then on top of that, too, we live in a generation of entitlement, laziness, and self, um, you know, whatever the, the self worth through social media, where that's not real life. Ben Rector is one of my favorite uh, singers. He's a singer songwriter, he um, lives in Nashville. And on his Instagram yesterday, he came out with this two second tune that just said, the internet isn't real life. That's it. I was like, man. Poignant, it's it's uh, prophetic and it's true, uh, but that's that's the stuff that we deal with. But I refuse to go and be like everyone else and just kind of fold and and, and take it on the chin. I got to be real and just telling people that hey, you should you could you should keep doing your own, your job because you you don't have what it takes to make it in this industry. And um, you know, hopefully over the course of time, it's a respectful response. But rarely are, are they like, you know what, I appreciate that you're going to crush my dreams, but you might've saved me some time. Um, but yeah, I don't think everybody has the potential to be successful, um, in, in everything. And I think what I was saying earlier is that in, in life, whether, whatever the skill sets are, if you rate it on a scale of one to 10, I used to go and focus on the people that were one or two or three and try to get them to a four or five or a six Well, that's a terrible use of my time. I need to go focus on the seven and eights and nines and get them to an eight, nine and a 10. And when I did that, our business shifted, um, you know, drastically. And it was the best thing I ever did.
1: Man. I don't know that anyone else would, uh, would say that, you know, out loud. And and I have to say, I agree with you. I mean, I, I can look back on, you know, the, the years in my company and, and, you know, I, I believe that's true. You know, it goes against what everybody says, you know, everybody on the internet world, right. Is you can do anything, you know, keep grinding. But I mean, you're right. If, and, and maybe you can take that one or two to a three, four or five with unbelievable, you know, discipline, confidence, working together and and effort. Uh, But that person, but you're really doing them a favor if that's not where they're meant to be. And maybe they can be a 10 Uh, in a different area.
2: Yeah, no, I I wanted to be a pro athlete when I was a kid. And then like everybody, or I wanted to be a sports broadcaster or I I moved to LA to be an actor. And I'm here in a sweater in Dallas selling real estate, right? And, And it doesn't mean I couldn't do other stuff, but there's technical skills that I literally don't have. And I don't have the frame to be a tight end or a a, a center. That's it. Period. And, and, and so some people just don't like to listen to you know listen to logic, and because of that, they start late, and then they get resentful, and then they're difficult to deal with, and then they all become realtors at one point. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's. I think truth is a hard thing to to swallow, but once you get over it, it makes life a lot easier, and it makes you realize that there's things you can obsess on that matter way more than status or accomplishments. And, you know, I never thought I'd be doing this. This is not what I woke up as a four-year-old saying, I'm going to be a realtor, Uh, but I embraced what it represents. And I think that that to me gives me a reason to wake up every day and get obsessed and be psychotic about it because I want to master it. And I want people to feel what I feel every day. And that's a meaning of um, like a sense of impact. And most people are full of shit and they never, I'm sorry, most people are full of crap, and they never experience that because they're chasing something that's not real.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. And you don't have to wear a sweater, by the way, that's by choice. I've seen pictures of you, bro. Uh, So (laughs) there you go. So the real estate market has been on fire more than ever, you know, maybe this year. So in your, everybody's got different opinions, you know, people say we're in a super cycle, and it's going to, you know, keep going for five to 10 years. Other people say we're heading into a recession in 2022. So uh, nobody has a crystal ball. But in your opinion, where, where does real estate go, you know, in 2022 and, and beyond?
2: We are in the safest position we've ever been in Atlanta and Dallas and Nashville and Houston um, and Phoenix and California, et cetera, simply because of millennials. And all the people that were making our life a living hell the past seven or eight years are the ones that are going to give us job security. And not just with real estate, with fitness, with financial positions, with retail, with anything, with development, because millennials are all getting their crap together. And we have more millennials turning 40 every day than we ever have before. And simple, I studied advertising in college. I didn't do economics. I didn't do business. But this, you know, the backbone of business is supply and demand. And when you have people that are growing their families that are having kids, then you need more places to live and more places to work. So no matter what anyone else says, you know, you know barring some catastrophic event that no one could prepare for, we're safe. And, and I think inflation is also a relative term. But to, to your question with the recession, um, I'm a simple minded guy. And if you think about the root word of recession, it's recess which means sometimes we didn't have one two years ago or a year ago. Everyone thinks we did. I don't think we did at all. We had like a two week break where people thought the world was going to fall apart and it did. But even if we had a little bit of a break, you still have the demand. And I think through that, like things just kind of shift forever. And I, I don't have the luxury to go sit there and and like hypothesize. It's like, no, I think very simply and nothing in my mind points to a recession or to a boom, a bust. And I, I understand inflation enough, but We just have more people than we have product with everything. And when you see that happen, and then you see people that don't want to go and do the jobs that tradition, like pilots, like my brother-in-law is a pilot for American Airlines. And if you read anything, Delta, which is headquartered in uh, Atlanta, they had an article that they had to ground like 80 of their planes this year because of a lack of pilots, which means that is a trend. So how do you go and deal with that? Knowing that maybe a whole generation that doesn't want to be nurses, doctors, Lawyers, stuff that has to require an education, that changes things forever. So you have to deal with it, but that creates opportunities as well, which most people don't want to go and and, and try to, you know, maneuver on because they're either lazy or they're stuck in their ways. Um, but for us, you know, we we recruit millennials that have never sold real estate because they know other millennials that need real estate help. That's pretty mu- that's pretty much logic. Where most people want to go recruit people that. Have a nice car or, or have a nice suit, but then they're jaded, and they walk into an office like this, and they're a cancer to the culture. Where I'd rather go and, and you know play the long game, and historically, it's worked.
1: Yeah. So the so the uh, the supply is uh, is lower than the demand is is what you're saying right now.
2: Yeah, nationwide, Dallas alone were two hundred thousand houses short. Like in Dallas, that doesn't mean the suburbs and, you know, DFW will essentially expand to Oklahoma here in the next few years. But like, I hear that. I'm like, okay, like drown out the noise. People need a place to live and there's a shortage. And, you know, the one thing that is, there's a, there's a, real realtors are inflated. There's almost a hundred thousand realtors in Dallas now. And that's because they couldn't find a job, you know, during the recession or during the, um, you know, pandemic with like service providers or anything like that. And, you got to just deal with it, but we've we've responded, you know, respectfully, and it's and it seemed to have worked out.
1: Yeah, man. So, so you know, it's been said that you know ninety percent plus of people who have wealth, you know, either got their wealth in real estate or invested in real estate. So, how how can a business owner that's you know they're they're making money, you know, they want to build some wealth in real estate? What's what's something they can do uh, practically?
2: Uh, I think buy thank a house a and, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Sure. No, no, I was just going to just be practical. And, and I think, you know, if you want to be a home flipper, get ready to you know lose your ass because rarely does it work like you think it does on a TV show. But, you know, I, I think that there's a saying that you don't wait and buy real estate, you buy real estate and you wait. And so if you're going to try to buy an income producing property with the intention of making a lot of money monthly, it's probably not going to happen. But what's going to happen every month is that place is going to appreciate. And so if you don't get emotionally attached to it, and you hold on to it, and it's appreciating three to 10% a year, the compounding effect, you know, is real. And then in a few years, you can make a lot of money. And so I and and then lease it out, right? And everybody wants to have Airbnbs and all these rental properties, which is obviously opportune. But in places like Atlanta, you literally have probably two to 300 people a day moving there, just like Dallas, which means they need a place to live. And COVID proves that we need more space, which means apartments aren't as, you know, sought after as they were before. But yeah i think be realistic and 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 trust the people that do this for a living and realize that nothing lasts forever rarely does someone live in their home with their family for 50 years average is 5 years so i think just take that approach which my poor wife hears me talk about this which means that everything we have is for sale and when you live that way you know stuff is you know maybe it's not as as important as it was historically but you know if someone knocks on our door and offers us a number here, take the keys. We'll we'll be out. And um, that's a hard thing to kind of master, but I think living like that is, is kind of fun and it keeps you on the edge of your seat, but it also keeps you as a student when you're always paying attention to the trends and all, you know, real estate all over the world. Even if you're not in real estate, it gives you a leg up versus the people that are just focused on one thing in one neighborhood and they don't have the, you know, 720 degree perspective.
1: Yeah. It's funny, man. I literally was coming home, picking my kids up yesterday and a lady said, Hey, can I ask you a question driving by? She said, do you know anybody in the neighborhood who wants to sell my, my clients really want to live in this neighborhood? I said, well, we're interested if, you know, what are they, what are they offering? Right.
2: Yeah. No, it's, (laughs) it's fun. I like it. And and again, it, it, real estate is a, is a fascinating, uh, industry and it, um, it teaches things, it teaches you things that you didn't think you could ever learn. And, that's what keeps me going every day too, just on the, on the realtor side, I still practice and I still learn a lot of stuff, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an ongoing game.
1: Awesome, man. So before I ask the last question, where can people find more uh, about you Rogers and your company?
2: Um, the internet, you can find, you can, yeah, we're, we're big on social media. We're, we're big online and um, you know, we, we do television and, um, and just, anywhere, honestly, but social media is probably where we're most active company here in Dallas is just the at R-H-A-D-F-W. And then my personal stuff is just Rogers Healy. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're impossible to miss hopefully. Um, so not to be cocky, but I think just start searching and you'll find us.
1: Yeah. Google Rogers Rogers Healy and, and you'll have uh, you won't be able to miss him. And, and Healy is H E A L Y to make sure you get it spelled right. So last question from Rogers, we were talking before we came on the air about superpowers and you said yours is building confidence in people. So what's, let's, let's leave the audience with something to, you know, help build confidence to somebody, maybe somebody who's, you know, struggling, they're feeling, you know, the effects of, you know, whatever, uh, you know, or somebody who's doing well, but they know they've got more potential.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, how can I say this in a, uh, Real in a relatable manner. I never was the kind of I never have not tried something that I thought was worth trying, and that does not always work out to my favor, right? But I'm never going to be the guy to be like, I wish I would have done that when I was 18 or 20 or 38 or 50 or 100. It's like I'm always going to go for it, and I think that going forward with strategy is my new approach to life. And so by doing that, you found out what you're made of, and I think that everyone every every single day I have to do at least one thing that makes me uncomfortable that obviously is a respectful thing to do. And throughout the course of the time, you just remember, you know, you do one thing 1% better each day Then over the course of a year, you're a different human. And that to me is life. And if you get stuck in the mundane and you just show up and plug and play, that's miserable. And so for me, giving people confidence is just giving them the ability to go find the potential they have in themselves. Uh, if not, you're slapping God in the face. And I, I think just taking that approach has played to my favor. But if I would have said this, if someone would have said this to me 20 years ago, I would have vomited, but I had to go and just kind of get out there and start finding ways to feel alive. And um, in the world of business, every day there's an opportunity, whether it's a LinkedIn message or saying hi to someone at a coffee shop or making a cold call. And then eventually the more you do it, you kind of long for the yes or, or, or the no, right? Because like you feel alive when someone's like, hell no, I'm like, noted. Okay. But how do you deal with it? And that's what makes a great salesperson because eventually all you're doing is selling yourself.
1: I love it, man. I'm not going to get it exactly right, but I heard you say, you know, if you're not, uh, getting out of your comfort zone and reaching your full potential it's slapping God in the face. Uh, that'll wake up some of you Christians out there. So, Hey Rogers, I appreciate you, bro. It's been a a pleasure, pleasure speaking with you. I wish you massive uh, continued success and uh, healthy, healthy little baby girls.
2: Thank you very much. Merry Christmas.
1: All right, guys, if you love this episode, be sure to share it out and leave a review. Be awesome this week, and we'll see you next time.
0: Rush Yeager here. Thanks so much for listening to the Becoming Titans podcast. If you're a successful business owner, entrepreneur, or executive, consider your company as having a true purpose and would like to be a guest on this program, please visit russyeager.com forward slash apply. And hey, if you got value out of the interview today, I'd be so grateful if you simply would share it on your favorite social media platform. And if you know someone who would be a great guest for the show, tag them on social media to let them know about it and include hashtag becoming titans love seeing you guys posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and really mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more about what I do, go to com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, all under my name. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome day and we'll see you next time.